0: There, you're listening to the Carey Church Podcast. We at Kerry seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to carey.asn.au. The reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. But because of his great love for us,
1: Well, if you don't know me, I'm Brian Harris, service pastor at large here at Kerry, and happy Father's Day. I'm a father of three children, all married now, two granddaughters, uh, and it's always good to be here on a day like today. And I've got to say, um, of my three children, two sons and a daughter. Now, I don't know about you, but when I had a daughter, and she's here today, so I just need to be a little bit careful, I, I did think hmm, wonder how you do this. I mean, I, I don't know if those of you who are dads, if you thought, you know, with sons it's easy. I mean, you've been a boy, so you think, how hard can this be? But uh, with, a, with a girl, it's a little bit different. And you, you, you kind of think, so how am I going to do this? And you, you start by faking it to some extent. So, so, so like, I mean, I don't know, my, my daughter, Amy, she, she's wonderful. And she was the typical little girl. Uh, I mean, a zillion dolls, all Barbie dolls. And so there I'd be, I'd comb their hair and, like, oh, this is lovely, love. This is so much fun. Uh, and all these model ponies. And we'd kind of have all these little fantasy things together with my little pony. Um, yes. And I thought, you know, I, I need to kind of you know, do something that's really spectacular for her. And, and she loved uh, the fact that she had lots of dolls and lots of dolls' clothes. And, and my mother, mother-in-law is a great sewer. I made her just heaps and heaps of, of dolls' clothes. And I thought, how hard can that be? How hard can that be? So I thought, you know, I can do this. And so I went to my mother-in-law, and she was staying with us at the time, as she did very, very often. Uh, uh, LAUGHTER and, and I said, said to her, so, so could you teach me to sew, more particularly, could you teach me to sew some doll's clothes? And she gave me this uh, righty kind of look, but uh, let's run with this, and she gave me a few tips. So here's how you thread a needle, and I don't remember how you do, but I, I managed to learn it, and uh, um, she gave me a few other tips, and I went off and I bought some, some material, and whoops, no time at all, I'd done up some dolls' dresses and all kinds of things and I gave them to Amy and said, you know, this is what Dad has done, you know, I'm this is an incredible person. And she gave me, she was about four years old at that time, even there I could see in her eyes there was this kind of a you have got to be look-y kidding kind of a look that was like, this is not serious. Uh, and she put them on and, I mean, the first dress kind of just unraveled virtually straight away, so I'd, you know, produced a stripper for her or something, and... <laughs> And uh, I mean, I did my best, I really did my best, and but they these clothes just did not compare with the one that uh Amy's grant my mother-in-law had made for her and and though she was extraordinarily kind I did notice that in no time at all they were there they're just at the bottom of the pile kind of occasionally kind of pulled out just to placate me but never really used now now I've got to say that the the tactic did win because look I have one of these sneakers today which was actually under Amy's seat and she walked all across uh, to come and to give it to me so you can give her a round of applause if you like. But, you know, who makes something does make a difference, doesn't it? Who who makes or shapes something makes a difference. And and the verses that I'm wanting us to look at today on this this Father's Day, they they come from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us how the story of following Jesus begins. And in perhaps some of the most famous verses of of, of the New Testament, Paul in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And Paul reminds us that uh, our Christian journey starts when, when we realize that Actually, we would like to be in relationship with God. And what's more, God wants to be in relationship with us. And God has made it possible because of the cross of Jesus. And so because of what Jesus has done for us, we begin our journey of following Jesus. Because the cross says, doesn't matter what the block is, doesn't matter what the barrier is, doesn't matter what's happened, it can actually all be forgiven. It is by grace you have been saved. It is not because of what you've done. This is the gift of God to you. And those of you who are following Jesus have had that moment where you said, actually, I'm saying yes to this. I'm accepting this this gift. And those of you who haven't, could I just really say, why not, why not? I mean, it's the the most marvelous thing in the world to actually be able to be a Jesus follower. But, But once that's happened... You then go on and you say, so what next? What next? So it's wonderful to know that we've been saved by God's grace, but what happens after that? And in verse 10, Paul probably gives us the, the, the briefest summary of what it means to keep on following Jesus and what happens in our life after we've said, said yes to Jesus. And he writes this, For we, we who have been saved by this incredible grace of God, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I want us just to think about that fairly briefly today. We are God's handiwork. And, you know, who makes you does make an enormous difference. And... Until we get to that point where we say yes to Jesus, we are being shaped by all kinds of forces that are not necessarily the forces that God is wanting for us. But, but, but when we say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, God comes into our life and, and starts to work in us and starts to change us and something starts to happen. And, and, and Paul is actually quite clear in terms of how it happens. And so if you look at verse 10, it says this, we are God's handiwork being created in Christ Jesus. So, so because of our relationship with Christ Jesus, we are being shaped and things are going a little bit differently. Now, 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 now let me try and make this a little bit practical. What, what Paul is saying is, God works in you because he gets you into a relationship with Jesus. And who you mix with does impact you, makes a difference, starts to shape you. Now, it's, it's Father's Day. Uh, those of you who are parents, I'm sure that that, that that you think about who your children will spend their time with. And to some extent, you do try to control that, don't don't you? And you try to influence that. I, I know when Rosemary and I we, we, were parents of much younger children, we used to try and say, well, as far as is possible, let's try and create a home where, where our kids bring their friends to us rather than they go there, because kind of we know the parameters more. We're slightly control freaks. But... Uh, but 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 we thought that's a little bit safer. Uh, however, that that isn't always possible. So we would, I mean, as with any other parent, our kids would go and play with other kids sometimes, and we would notice sometimes that you know they came home from some kids like they were all hyped and impossible, and they come home from other kids and would be calm and very pleasant and very nice. And you realise, okay, so who people mix with makes a difference. I can remember when, when uh, Nick, our oldest, was about seven years old. Uh, he went to play with a friend, David, and he came back, and he was so excited when he got back, and he said, wow, Dad, you won't believe it. We played with knives. And I was like, oh, okay, you played with knives. That's very interesting. And I said, so was David's dad... Supervised He said, no, no, David's dad had to go out. We were on our own. And so we just played with his dad's knives. And I must admit, I thought, well, I'm glad you're home alive. And that maybe is not, not, not kind of the friendship that we're going to be pursuing forever. But there are some times where you think, oh, my goodness, you know, who my kids mix with is kind of changing them in ways that I don't necessarily want. Now, Paul is making a very, very simple point here. He's saying who you spend time with is going to shape you. And so you begin this this Jesus journey when you say yes to Jesus. You accept the grace of God that comes to you through the cross of Jesus. And then God starts to shape you. And who it is that shapes you makes all the difference. It's it's like, you know, does my mother-in-law make the the doll's clothes or do I make them? Uh, You know, if God shapes you, you become someone quite beautiful. And he shapes you because of your contact with Jesus, You you might remember there was a book that was published in 1896, so it's hardly a current book, but it has been extraordinarily famous, In His Steps. And In His Steps by Charles Sheldon asks this question. Uh, It plots the pathway of a group of people who make a simple commitment. They say, for one year, before we make any decision and in each circumstance in which we find ourselves, we will just ask this question. What would Jesus do? And so if you've heard of, of, of that question, what would Jesus do? It goes back to this 1896 book, which sold 50 million copies. Uh, you know, what would Jesus do? What, what would Jesus do? And, and when we actually do ask a question like that, I, th- I think it's what Paul is talking about here. Yeah? He's saying, you, you, you know, you're God's handiwork. You've been shaped in Christ Jesus as you try to think over and over again. So if I am a Jesus person... What does it mean to be shaped by Jesus, and what does it mean to be shaped by the values of Jesus? And and actually, if you ask that question, what would Jesus do, you'd be surprised at how powerful it actually is. Now, now I accept, (laughs) you know, it's not always that easy to know the answer to the question. So, Father's Day, many of us will be going off to a lovely Father's Day banquet in the not-too-distant future. Should you have a second helping? Well, what would Jesus do? I don't know. Maybe it depends on whether he had Martha's morning tea. Uh, I mean, we can't be sure uh, just what Jesus would do in, in multiple circumstances. Uh, so so it's, not a, it's not like a trite question. I mean, there are many things where you, you simply can't say this is what Jesus would do. But you can dig down and start to think of the question, if I am a Christ follower, in what way am I different in this circumstance? And, and I find as I've tried to do that in my life, as I try to remember to do that, it's not necessarily that the decisions I make are different, but in an extraordinary number of times, the way that I implement decisions is very different. And, and I find that as I, as I think, you know, so what would Jesus do here? You know, I think I am actually doing the right thing, but, but I wonder if there isn't a different way to do it. I wonder if I couldn't maybe be a little slower. I wonder if I couldn't take a bit more time with people. I wonder if I couldn't care a little bit more. I wonder if I couldn't think through the impact of my decision on other people a little bit more. You know, what would Jesus do? It, it, it actually starts to change how you act. Now, now the, 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 the danger for us as a group is, of people is that, that we always meet on Sunday, don't we? And we meet in church together, and it's lovely and it's wonderful. and something that the Bible instructs us that, 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 that we should do. But we live out our following of Jesus, not here primarily, but during the week, don't we? And you've got to figure out what it means to be a Jesus follower, not primarily here on Sunday, but you've got to figure out what it means to follow Jesus on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And uh, it, it can be quite helpful to ask the, 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 what some people call the TTT question, uh, the this time tomorrow, or this time Tuesday, or this time Thursday question. So, 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 so TTT. Uh, Let me ask you to kind of just imagine yourself ahead for a moment. So this time tomorrow, so according to the clock there, which is, incidentally, if if you ever wonder, will the preacher ever end? We have this lovely little prompt up there that tells me it's 9.40, so I've got a little while to go still. Uh, But 9.40 tomorrow, this time tomorrow, what will you be doing? What will you be doing? Or if you're not sure about tomorrow, this time Tuesday at 9.40 in the morning, what will you be doing? Or this time Thursday, what will you be doing? And, and try to imagine yourself there. And some of you know. Some of you will say, oh, well, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be out in the road. Or I'll be fixing whatever it is that you've got to fix. Or I'll be teaching a class. Or I'll be serving at Woolworths or whatever. Or, I'll be with a patient. or I mean, there are multiple things. So this time tomorrow, when it's not like safe and comfortable here in a worshipping community, this time tomorrow, what will it mean to follow Jesus? And what would Jesus do in your circumstance in your workplace? What kinds of conversations would he be having? How would he do the work? Now, I I, I heard a woman uh, a, a while back, and she had been asked this question because I didn't devise the TTT question; didn't come from me. Uh, and and she was asked this question, and and she said, actually, and and she used as Tuesday this time Tuesday. She said, well, well, I'm a hairdresser, and she said this time Tuesday. I actually am going to be at the old age home. And I every Tuesday morning, I go and I wash the hair for some of the older people in the old age home. And uh, how do I try and follow Jesus when I do that? Well, I remember actually that, you know, for older people, some of them have very little physical contact with other people. They, they're older. And quite a lot of them have actually lost their memory. And they, 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 they don't remember their story anymore. It just, so. So I try to remember as... As, so so you ask what well, I'm going to be on Tuesday, I'm probably going to be washing someone's hair, they're probably going to be about 89, quite likely they no longer remember who they are, quite likely they're all alone, quite likely I'm the only person who's really going to have very much contact with them. So, so what I, how I try to follow is I try to do it quite slowly and I try to remember that actually washing someone's hair is a very, is a very caring act. And so I try to be the hands of Jesus. And I try to, just through the physical touch that I have, try to say, it's safe. It's okay. You're loved. You are, you're cared for. And I try to talk. And I try to get into conversation. And some people can talk and some people can't. But I try to remember that this person has been made in the image of God and that this person is special and that though this person might not even remember tomorrow who I was, I try to remember that they live in now and in today and so I try to be Jesus to them. I mean, that, that I think that was quite a profound answer. I mean, so so for her, when she was asked the, 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 the TTT question, how does it mean that you are God's handiwork and you are God's handiwork in Christ Jesus? And it's not about all being in... In, in the church together, it's about this time tomorrow, this time on Tuesday, or this time Thursday. When I'm there, I try to remember that Paul also tells us in Colossians 3.17 that whatever we do in word or deed, we should do it all in the name of Christ Jesus. And, and and so we try to remember that if we're hairdressers and we're washing people's hairs, or if we're mechanics and we're fixing people's cars, or if we're salespeople and then we try to sell people something, that, that that actually we do pause and we say, you know, is this actually for your good? Is this somehow the way that Jesus would do it what what difference does it make that I'm being shaped in Christ Jesus and and when we do that we actually realize so we're saved by grace but we're saved by grace to live differently our living differently doesn't save us that that, that's done by the cross of Jesus but being saved because of the cross of Jesus impacts everything we do in our daily living and so as we keep on going through the verse what does it say For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now now, 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 notice, Paul does not say, we are created in Christ Jesus to love good works. Many of us enjoy looking at the good work that other people do. And we say, that's great. Isn't that fantastic? And we hear encouraging stories about what other people do. And we say, that's great. That's encouraging. But, but, But let's remember, every time we hear those stories, it's so that we ourselves would do good works. It's to spur us into action. It's so that we would live in a different way. And we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, and this is incredible, which God prepared in advance for us to do. These good works, God has prepared in advance for us to do. So, yes, I'm a theologian. And if you come to a verse like that one, you know, God has prepared all these good works in advance for us to do. What does that mean? Does that mean that we are actually puppets on a string? Whoops, God has a plan for you. Uh, That's what it is. Go and do it. You have no choice. Uh, You're just this little puppet on a chain. You've got to do whatever God wants you to do. And if God has prepared things in advance for us to do, I mean, does that mean that it's just going to happen come what may? Am I just this pawn and then I'm not really morally responsible? I mean, it raises lots of questions, doesn't it? But I guess I think I want to say to you today, if you've got those questions, study them at Vos, because it's great to, in fact, be a theologian and to study the- theology there. But, but don't let those questions stop you from noticing the key assumption that Paul is making. There are good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. In other words, God looks at you, God knows you, and God has a plan for you. And there is something that you, yes, you are supposed to be doing. And and, and when God looks at you, he is saying, you are my handiwork. And I don't make rubbish. I do not make rubbish. You know, when, when I work in someone's life, that shaping is that something beautiful will actually take place. And and as my handiwork, I, I am shaping you in the light of the story of Jesus, in the light of the what would Jesus do question. So so I'm working in you. I, I've saved you by grace. Didn't do anything to deserve that, but I'm not leaving you alone. And And as I come and as I work in you, and as I shape you according to the Jesus story, I actually have a plan for you. And there's something that I'm wanting to do with your life and it's worthwhile and it is valuable. Why? Because it is my plan. And because it is my plan, it is wise and it is significant and it is meaningful. And, and so I think I'm wanting to ask today on this Father's Day, what is it that God has planned for you to do? What is it that God has planned for you to do? I, I mean, if you're a dad, if your mother if your parent I mean God has certainly prepared in advance for you to to raise your children take that with the utmost seriousness take that with the utmost seriousness and, and and you know if your children have some particular needs just remember God knew that and he knew that in advance and somehow he said they will be safe with you they will be safe with you I prepared you in advance for this particular challenge and and if they or whoever they are, just work with whoever they are. That, that, that's part of the work that God has prepared in advance to you. But keep asking the question. So, so, Lord Jesus, I have met you. I've been saved by your grace. What is it that you've made me for? And you will find that that will work its way out day after day. As you ask yourself that TTT question, this time tomorrow, this time on Tuesday, this time Thursday, what does it mean to be a what would Jesus do person? Just pushing back into that question over and over again and sometimes realizing actually he would do it this very differently and he would pause a little and he would be more considerate and he'd be a little less ruthless and he'd be a little bit more forgiving and he would be a little bit more intentional about what the other person can become. And and if I allow that to happen then it's not that just that I'm doing good works that God has prepared for me, but somehow a good work is being done in me. So I do good work just as God does good work in me, and I'm shaped in a very, very, very different way. What then is the good news of the gospel? This passage tells us what it is. It is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we, we together are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's pray together. thank you, Lord Jesus, that your being in our life has made a difference. Thank you for the work that you've done in us. Thank you that you're shaping us and that you're making us different. We pray for our lives, which we realize we don't primarily live here, but we live in the workplace and at home. And we pray that even in this week, even this time tomorrow, that we will be your person, living for you living for your glory, being reshaped and remolded because of Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.